The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Yeah, the voice guy is right once again. It is the Employment Law Show. It is uh, seven minutes after seven o'clock here on your Wednesday, the flagship show. Wednesdays, where it all started years ago and continues to be, so you know where to be to ask your questions. 416-870-6400. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. You always have the option of pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, the website. And anytime you want to uh, catch more information, you go to stlawyers.ca or simply employmentlawyer.ca. And you'll catch links to our television show on both Global and CTV as well. So bring it on your phone calls. We have lots to get through. We're going to get to uh, many of the reasons why accepting inadequate severance is such a common thing. And it really is. Those talking points are coming up. But first, as always, week that was, my brother, how are you? Hey, John, it is uh, you know Wednesday and we're here for the, the flagship show of the mm-hmm. Employment Law Show, the uh, the Wednesday edition. And, uh, you know, it's been a busy week. I, I was uh, telling uh, a friend of mine that I can't believe it's only Wednesday. It's been a really busy time for me. I've been answering a lot of questions, answering a lot of calls, speaking with a lot of people about workplace rights. And I'm here to do that again on this show. I want to talk to you about your workplace rights. I want to make sure that you have the information that you need if you're facing a workplace prom. Things are not always going to be perfect at work. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be questions. There's going to be issues that arise, and you need to know what to do. If you're facing issues, if there's problems, if your boss said something or did something, maybe you're not working right now and you want to know, can you go back to work? How long your employer can keep you off work? Can they change your job? How much severance do they have to pay you? Do they even have to pay you severance? Well, Call us right now with those questions and more, and I'll answer them. Or you can connect with me privately for a private chat. That information John already gave and will give you again throughout the show. But week that was, let's talk about what came across my desk very recently. I spoke with a gentleman who has been a salesperson uh, for his employer commission only for the last five-plus years. Mm -hmm. And very recently, uh, he was told that effective in the new year, he's going to be given a brand-new territory. Well, that territory is apparently where sales go to die in that no one really has ever been able to generate any work in that particular territory. Uh, it, it just doesn't, it's not one that's profitable. Uh, every salesperson that ever had that territory en- ended up leaving. No money was made. And in the past, this particular gentleman had a territory where he was making very good money, again, 100% commission. So he was extremely upset about that. And he called me and he wanted to know, well, what options do I have? And can my employer actually do this? So the answer is this this change in territory, really what it is, is a pay cut because they're putting him in a situation where he's guaranteed, guaranteed essentially to make less money. So the fact that it's less commissions doesn't change the fact that it's less pay. So if now they're putting him in a position where his income is going to go from one level down to another level, that is a constructive dismissal. His employer does not have a right to change his compensation. Now, they're not changing his Uh, commission structure. They're not changing when commission is paid. They're simply making it very difficult or impossible for him to earn the same amount of income. So his choices are to either accept this and continue working, or he can choose to treat this as a termination and get severance based on what his income was before, which is really, really important. Otherwise, he could be losing out on severance as well. 
So it's a reminder there that if you are in a sales role, really in any role, where something is happening to change your compensation, your employer is doing something that now results in you losing money. Well, if that's what happens, we're in constructive dismissal territory, and we should really consider pursuing it that way. 416-870-6400 is the way to uh, to call through and ask your questions. Tony, thanks for standing by, and welcome to uh, to Wednesday evening. How are you? Hey, great. How are you guys doing this evening? Good, sir. Excellent. What's uh, what's on your mind, brother? Okay, so this is my question for uh, Mr. Lear Sampuro. Uh, it has nothing to do with work-related, but it has to do with trying to get a hold of Lior. Um, we had a situation where my father needed to uh, get a hold of uh, Lior, and when we called into the, uh, and we spoke to the receptionist, she wasn't able to tell us if there's any fees associated to seeing Lior in person, whether, uh, so my dad, my father was very unsure if to go with Lior, so we're wondering, when we get a hold of you, try to get through to you, are there any fees attached to see you, like an initial um, consultation, or how does that work, Lior? So I'm actually not sure who your, your father uh, would have spoken to because the way we have, we have an, a, a, an intake system. We, we have a intake people, we have a team of 10 or 12 people whose job is to get some information and then schedule an appointment. And they would then t- say, you know, if, if there is a cost, what the cost would be, et cetera. So there's no possibility to just talk with a reception. It would have to be an intake person, and that intake person would have given all the info, you know, the appointment could be at this time and this date, and if there is a fee, what the fee would be. So I'm not sure exactly who your dad spoke with. Maybe, potentially, maybe he accidentally called some another law firm. Now, in terms of legal fees, most of our consultations are free. Uh, over 90% of the consultations we do are free. There are some situations that we feel that we need to charge a small fee for the consultation if it's a more complicated matter, if it's a matter that requires to review a lot of documents, in which case we may charge a, a fee for the consultation, but most of our consultations that we do are completely free. So if your father does call our office, you will speak with an intake person who will be able to schedule the appointment and tell him whether he's one of the 90% that we do free consultations or if there's going to be a charge. Oh, okay. Yeah, because the lady we're speaking to, and uh, we called a few times, and I got the number from your website, and she wasn't able to tell us if there was an fee. But anyways, thank you for the information, sir, and you have a great night. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate it. Try uh, try again. one 821 5900 is the way to go. You still have plenty of time. We just got rolling. 416-870-6400. Uh, what else uh, you got on your mind, pal? So I spoke with a, a gentleman who had worked uh, in uh, for about 10 years now on year-long contracts. So the contract ran every year from Jan 1 till December 31st. And every year signed a new contract, 10 years. Wow. Now, very recently he was told, just so you know, because of COVID, we're not going to be renewing you for next year, for 2021. So, you know, you have a couple more months and then we're, we're, we're done. We're not going to be uh, working with you anymore. And not your fault, it's COVID. So he asked him, well, what about severance? And I said, well, no, not severance. We're simply not renewing your contract. Smart guy, this guy calls me, and he wants to know, is this right? Well, you know the answer by now, I think, John, because we've talked about this before on the show. But no, he is absolutely owed severance. And, And why? Once you sign a bunch of these contracts, those contracts become meaningless. You're now, in the eyes of the law, considered to be a regular indefinite employee, usually after about three of these contracts. He signed 10 of them. So despite the fact that he's, strictly speaking, on a contract, that contract is meaningless. He's now a regular employee that gets severance, as anyone would get after 10 years. So 
if after 10 years he's owed about a year's severance and I'm going to help him get it. But I wanted to remind everyone that if you sign a bunch of these contracts year after year, they become meaningless. Meaning that if your employer decides to end the relationship and not renew for yet another contract, they would absolutely have to pay you your full severance. How many contracts in does does it become uh, useless, null and void? A couple? Three? Three is probably kind of the magic number. Anything uh, three or more for sure. Even two maybe, but but three definitely. And this guy is a 10. It's not even debatable. I once had someone that signed over 18 contracts. Uh, no, they, they're meaningless, so he gets a full severance. 416-870-6400 is the number to call in, ask your questions. Uh, Tom, thanks for holding. Good evening. Good evening. How you guys doing? Good, pal. What's uh, what's on your mind? Well, my girlfriend uh, was uh, has just been uh, about a month and a half ago got released from her company. Uh, there was a COVID uh, outbreak. They, she was told to go get tested. She went to get tested. She did the 14-day quarantine. And when she got her results back, the HR person at her company requested that she give them a card. They wanted a physical document saying that she got tested. Um, they don't do that. So what she did, she went on the website, took a photo shot of the of her test, and that sent it to HR. They refused to accept that. So now she has been let go from her employer. Now, uh, Tom, was she paid severance? Uh, no. <laughs> and no. I, I, I take it, Tom, she's not part of a union. Is that right? No, she's not part of a union. No. Her okay. the issue the issue she has because she's right now we're. We're both uh, struggling financially. She's worried yeah. it's going to cost yeah. him some extra money and stuff like this. I've been trying to convince her to call you for the simple reason is that either this is a wrongful dismissal or there, could this be a human rights violation? So it's not a human rights violation because she, she does, she's not doesn't have a, a disability, but it is absolutely a wrongful dismissal in that yeah. if they choose to let her go between us here, that's a pretty darn dumb reason to let her go. Really right. idiotic, right. frankly. But put that aside, the real issue here is that they, they, they owe her compensation. Now, how long has, has she been working there for? I believe she started there in... Um of last year she started of august of last year so depending on on her age and position she could be looking at anywhere from two to four months of pay you know that's what is at stake and you tell me you know you guys like many people like many of us need income to put food on the table then yeah there's only one way and i mean one way for her to get that compensation is that she needs to get us involved uh, it's right. not going to be difficult what they did is wrong and Letting her go was wrong, but the, the legal aspect of it is letting her go without severance. Yeah. That's what right. makes it a wrongful dismissal, Toms. So yeah. I can't help her, obviously, if she doesn't want me to, but if she'd like me to, be happy to help her get what she's owed. Well, I, I'm trying to say, trying to convince her is because I think she's tried before and she said she, the, she, didn't, she wasn't able to re-severance because of some type of a contract. And I don't know the ins and outs of that, Matt. But this, to me, is more like this. Like, you've been let go. You did everything you had to do. Your employer was not recognizing that you were providing, that you had taken the test, the test was negative, and they're refusing to let you come back to work and eventually let you go. And, so and here's why a, any contract wouldn't matter, because they would have breached the contract by letting her go without severance. So, yeah, she needs to give us a call, Tom, uh, and give us the opportunity to help her if she wants, of course. Uh, that Yeah, that is definitely a wrongful dismissal. 
Good call, Tom. You're uh, smart for calling in. Here is that number to reach out uh, for your girlfriend, at least one 821 Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. Chris, uh, stand by. I'll get to you after a short break and for you as well. 416-870-6400. Just that simple. Make that call and get the knowledge. 416-870-6400. Employment Law Show continues. This is Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back indeed. 721 Schools here along with uh, Lior Sanfiru calling through to ask your questions. Easy. 416 870 6,400 is the way to uh, to do that. Chris, thank you for standing by. appreciate you holding on. How are you? Uh, not bad. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Lior, for taking this call. Uh, I've been in a management position for uh, 10 years now. Uh, at the end of January this year, I was constructively dismissed after a long story of working in a toxic environment. Uh, the stress and anxiety forced me to take a two-month uh, leave of absence. By the time I was uh, ready to come back to work, COVID crisis started. So the first three and a half months upon my return, I were from home. Then just about a month after I had to come back to work mid-July, so between mid-July and mid-August, I realized that the working environment is definitely not conducive of me performing my normal duties. I filed for a constructive dismissal. And to make the story short, the uh, answer from the company is, while they may acknowledge the constructive dismissal, uh, the months between when I was constructively dismissed and when I filed for constructive dismissal will potentially get deducted from my severance. What are my options here? So when you say you filed for constructive dismissal, what do you mean you filed? I actually submitted a letter to my company uh, telling them that, uh, you know, due to constructive dismissal, um, and I explained why I was constructively dismissed, and I requested severance. I requested to... So you you did this on on your own? You sent your own letter? No. No, no. I did it through uh, through a legal firm. Okay. So... The reality is, I, I mean, because I, I don't know your, your matter, the best advice I could give you is if you have a lawyer, to speak with the lawyer, to have that lawyer answer those questions. You cannot say that you were constructively dismissed uh, a year ago or whenever that was, uh, because by continuing to work, you're essentially acknowledging that what happened then was okay. I know it wasn't, but so it's not even about the fact that, that the income is going to be reduce your severance. If I'm the company, I would be saying that, well, no, you came back to work, so how can it be a constructive dismissal? I would want to be able to show that that something happened now or, or there was a situation that arose now when you wanted to come back to work after working from home that made it impossible to continue working, and that was the constructive dismissal, not last year, okay? So that's very, very important. Uh, but the best advice is if you have a lawyer, speak with that lawyer uh, so for, for that advice. You, you're not going to be successful here. Unfortunately, if you say that the constructive dismissal happened last year, it would have had to happen now uh, in order for you to be able to say that I can't continue working. And the fact that I wasn't aware of the full fact, if I can or cannot continue, only happened much later because, again, working in a bubble uh, remotely, 
it's not the full reality of what the uh, right which is why exactly which is why the constructive dismissal happened now because now here's what you notice what you observe and that's why you couldn't continue working but but you're not going to be able to say that it happened then uh that that number one they would be right that if it happened then any income that you earn in the meantime they get credit for but also it's beyond that they would be able to say that clearly it wasn't bad because you wanted to come back to work so you'd have to find a reason and a way to explain why you've noticed something now that results in a constructive dismissal chris appreciate your time and the call enjoy the rest of your evening if you have uh, something to ask uh, bring it on 416-870-6400 help at employmentlawyer.ca many reasons why uh, accepting inadequate severance is such a common thing leor Let's talk about the main reasons so this uh, this won't happen to our callers and our listeners and our viewers of the TV show, right? Yeah, that's the idea. We, we want to talk about some of the reasons why people accept uh, inadequate severance. So, and, and I don't mean inadequate to the point, well, you know, I'm owed six months pay, but I accepted five. That's not good, mm-hmm. believe me. But I'm talking about the fact that people that are owed six months accept six weeks why that happens and how to avoid that happening to you so that you know better and you don't find out later on that you're owed months and months pay. So how common is it for people who have lost their gigs to sign off on that bad severance offer? So I said that many times on the show that 90% of the people, and I'm being conservative, but 90% of the people when they're let go are offered inadequate severance. Well, Mm -hmm. of those 90%, 90% of those accept it. Okay, so the, really only 10% of people when they're let go actually uh, seek proper advice. And there's many reasons for that, but it happens often. Most people, when they are let go, accept inadequate severance. So think how much money companies save, money that they're legally obligated, legally right, obligated right. to pay employees. But because the employees don't know better and, and they sign off, then they don't pay it. So in a way, it's actually almost a good bet for a company to offer less severance than what they're required, knowing that probably nine out of 10 people will simply accept it. One of the reasons of many here is they're in shock, right? They're not thinking clearly. When you lose your job, it's probably the worst time to make a a decision. And because number one, you're, you're in shock, as you said, oh my gosh, I didn't expect this. I'm out of a job. You're extremely stressed out, of course, because you're uh, worried about how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to put food on the table? Oh my gosh, I have to pay for my uh, son's uh, university. How do I manage that? And here comes the employer and offers you money, offers you severance, and they say you have to sign this. Most people in that weakened and, and, and very difficult state will sign it because they need the money and they're very concerned. And they'll sign it and they'll realize when it's too late, as I've said, oh my gosh, uh, this is a lot less than what, the, what I'm owed. A lot less than what I'm owed. So despite the fact that this is a difficult time and you may be in shock and, and you may be extremely concerned, like anyone would be if you lose your job, you still have to take a step back. Take a deep breath. Review what they've offered you. Go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Understand what the offer means and what you're actually owed. You have to. You owe your family this. You need to do that. No one's going to watch out for you if you don't watch out for yourself. So despite how difficult it is, if you're, if you're now listening to me and you you're understand this situation, hopefully if that ever does happen to you, you won't be in that shock. You'll be able to make the right decision, which is to get advice so that you can get what you're actually owed. Got a comment, got a question, bring it on, 416-870-6400. Ashley, thank you for standing by. Good evening. Hi. 
thanks for taking my call. Sure. I have a mm-hmm. question about my father. So um, he's been working since 1996 with the same company. Um, he fell ill in 2019, uh, February. He had uh, he got uh, he had colon cancer, and then he needed open heart surgery on a valve. So in that time, uh, he was still employed and still working. Obviously, he was in the hospital for a long period of time come February. Uh, His employer cut him off of his, uh, I guess, salary um, with no kind of, um, I don't know, explanation. After his, all of his operations that he dealt with, uh, his employer uh, needed him to sign a contract, which it was all a bunch of stuff because they were holding his bonus from the year before kind of hostage before signing this document. Obviously, he signed it because he wanted his bonus from the year before, and he was given no severance, obviously his bonus from the 2018 year, but nothing else. So recently, he did call his employer and say, you know, am I, we know it's a two-year limit after you're kind of, you know, put in retirement or I guess let go, not let go, but like left a job. So we know it's within the two years. So he called his employer recently and said, you know, am I, you know, entitled to a severance? And they basically said, oh, well, we have to, we have to talk to our lawyers about that. I'll get back to you. So that's my question is, should he be um, entitled to a severance of some kind? Because he's been working there forever and he was kind of forced into retirement. But how was he forced into retirement? I'm just trying to understand because he wasn't able to work, I guess, because of a medical condition at some point. Is that right? Yes. So why didn't he return to work once he got better? Uh, It was uh, a lot. So basically he lost his part of his vision. Uh, because he had a stroke as well. So uh, his vision was impaired, so he couldn't drive. He was like, he, okay. he drove around for all of his job sites, so he would need like a driver. And basically, the stress that he would be under, maybe not so good on uh, open heart surgery and all of his other right. kind of medical issues. So. So what you're saying is that for medical reasons, for health reasons, he he was simply not able to go back to work. Yes, but he signed a copy that said you're taking early retirement, even though he's past 65. (laughs) So he's over 65, and, you know... He would have worked until my my mom was finished, like my his wife was finished working. So that's why he kind of just worked past I see. 65 year to kind of be in line with her. So here, so, so here's my concern. My concern is that document that he signed. Obviously, I haven't seen it, but my concern yeah. is that document because if that document essentially is saying that he's choosing to retire, if that's what it says, then the law would look at it as him resigning. And if he resigned, he's not owed anything. On the other hand, if if, uh, he couldn't go back to work for for medical reasons, then at some point the company, yes, would owe him severance. We call this a frustration of contract. So my biggest problem is that document. And if he signed that document, whatever it was, a year year ago, a year and a half ago, whatever it was, 
the, yeah. if he hasn't said anything about it, he didn't say to them for a year and a half, no, guys, you made me sign this. I didn't agree. This is not what I wanted. It's going to be very difficult now to say, oh, you know, remember the document from, for a year and a half ago? Uh, I didn't really mean it. You made me or it wasn't really my intention. If the, Depending on what that document says, he may not be able to do anything about it. That's why I always say on the show, no matter what, not to sign anything because you could be giving up your rights. So actually what I want is I want to get a copy of that document. I need to see what it says. I need to to understand what he agreed to and what he didn't agree to. That is ultimately the key here uh, because, yeah, he could well be owed severance, but not if the document says that he's voluntarily agreeing to to retire. And it's not even under distress, like under like a stress that you're like have to sign this like report or like this contract or else. Like, well, exa- is which is why we have out? to see it. If the document says if, if you don't sign this, we're not going to pay you your bonus, then, yeah, no problem. But I highly doubt that it would say that. And otherwise, it almost becomes his word against theirs in terms of what was said. And a year and a half later, it, it becomes very tough. So I need to see what the document actually says. But there's a very important lesson there for all our listeners, which is never, ever, ever just sign a document because, you know, just like Ashley's father, you could be walking away from entitlements. And Ashley's father has worked there for 24, 25 years. That's a long time. We could be talking about a significant amount of severance. So, Ashley, have him send me a copy of the document or you send it to me on his behalf. You can email it or fax it. I have to see it before I can properly advise. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time, Ashley. Really appreciate that. Here is, uh, here's uh, some numbers, some contact for you. 1-855-821-5900. one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca to reach out. you still got some time here, 416-870-6400. In the meantime, talking about uh, inadequate severance, such a common thing. Main reason, and don't let this happen to you, they are pressured by the employer to accept. Yeah, and, and you know this kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with what I was talking about before, and that is people sign this because they feel the pressure. First of all, the pressure comes from the fact that every severance offer has a deadline. All right, so the deadline may be Friday or Tuesday, and holy cow, I I better sign this. I'm feeling the pressure because if I don't sign it, I'm not going to get paid. So there's that pressure. Uh, other employers may put other pressure on you. Well, you know, if you don't sign this, we're not going to uh, give you, like Ashley said, your bonus, or we're not going to let you take your equipment, what have you. The reality is that as as wrong as this pressure is, it's still very difficult to get out of a document that you signed, including a severance letter. So despite this pressure, uh, you have to resist it. Remember, the company can't do anything to you. Legally, they can't withhold your bonus if you don't sign. They can't uh, not return you your property. They can't do anything to you. Okay. In fact, the law decides how much they have to pay you. So that deadline is really meaningless. Your legal rights won't expire at that deadline or the day after the deadline. You have up to two years to pursue your entitlements. So despite the fact that you may feel pressured, please don't sign. Do the right thing. But John, a lot of people sign. Many, many, many people sign this because they feel that pressure from their employer. How about this one? They trust that the company must have given them appropriate severance. I mean, you know, it's the company. They know better than I do. Absolutely. That is another major one. Well, you know, they, they told me I this is what I get. And you know, this is a sophisticated employer. They know what mm-hmm. they're doing. They have HR. And you know what? I know them. They're good people. 
So if they tell me that that's all I'm owed, then I guess that's what it is. Wrong. Number one, uh, the company itself may not know what they owe you. In fact, I see this daily, whether it's a massive, huge company or a tiny little mom and pop shop. The company may well not know or appreciate the extent of their obligations. Okay, they, they, they may not. They, the HR person thinks, well, you know, all we have to pay is the six weeks, not realizing that the person is owed six months or 12 months or 24 months. So that's number one. And number two is, yes, the company may well know what they owe you, but they hope that you won't. Okay, they're trying, like many companies do, to save some money. And they may do that by not offering you proper severance. So it's not the company who you can take advice from. You're not going to take your advice about what you're owed from the company. It's your job to determine independently on your own how much severance you're owed. And as I said, there's really no excuse not to do that because you can grab your smartphone. We all have smartphones. If not, you can grab your desktop, your laptop, your tablet, name it, whatever you're using that has internet, and you go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. When you go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, you can calculate your actual severance in seconds. So you don't have to think, well, they must know, so I'm just going to assume that it's fine. There's no such thing as assuming. You go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca and you find out, and if it's fine, great, you're fine. If it's not fine, if you're owed more, you know what to do. You get advice, and, and, and you can then get your proper severance. And you still have time to phone in with your questions, 416-870-6400. Talking about inadequate severance, such a common thing, easy to avoid these things happening to you. Yeah, you make the phone call, you send an email, you talk to Lior. Um, they get incorrect advice, often from the uh-oh, Ministry of Labor. They love them. One of the main reasons people sign off on inadequate severance offers is they did get the wrong advice. Sometimes yep. it could be from their cousin Charlie or their Uncle Bob. <laughs> Sometimes it could be from their own government, and this, in this case, the Ontario Ministry of Labor. The Ministry of Labor, the Ontario Ministry of Labor can only advise you with respect to your minimum entitlements. In other words, they can only advise you with respect to a small portion of what you're owed. So you may call the Ministry of Labor after working for a company for 10 years, and they'll say to you, you're owed eight weeks pay. Those are your minimum entitlements only, your full entitlements we also refer to them as your common law entitlements, could easily be a year's pay instead of eight weeks pay. So let's use that same example. Someone was offered 10 weeks. The Ministry of Labor says all you're owed is eight weeks. They'll accept it. Okay, well, 10 is better than eight, so I'll accept it. When in fact, they're owed 12 months. That happens every day. So no matter what, if you take one thing out of this uh, radio show tonight, take this. You cannot go to the Ministry of Labor if you lost your job. Full stop. No exceptions. You can go there if you don't think you got your overtime pay or your vacation pay or maybe your holiday pay was improperly calculated. Absolutely. Go there. They can help you, and it's not even that difficult. You cannot go there if you lost your job. Yeah. For that, you have to seek legal advice, and not from your Uncle Bob or Uncle Charlie, who may well have the best of intentions, but unless they're employment lawyers, they're not going to be able to advise you properly. So please be smart about it. 416-870-6400 is the number tonight and every night to call in live. Tony, we got you. How are you tonight? Good, guys. How are you? Good. What's up? Uh, my question is, uh, I've been laid off since uh, April 1st, since uh, COVID. Mm-hmm. And I want to know how long is my company entitled to keep me from work until I can ask for my severance. 
Great question. Terrific question, Tony. In fact, it's a, it's a question that I get asked several times a day now during COVID time. So you can ask for your severance and you can get your severance now. You don't have to wait not another week, not another month, not another anything. You have a right to, in fact, you could have done that as early as April when you were laid off. You can get your severance now. So there's really two options here. Option number one is you can wait for the company to decide if they're going to terminate your employment or bring you back. If you choose that option, you'll be waiting potentially, or you could be waiting until September of 2021. So if you want to wait till September 2021, see what the company does. Obviously, that's your right, and that's option number one. Option number two, Tony, is you can tr- you, you can treat this layoff as a termination now and get severance now. So you don't have to wait. So you either wait for the company to make the decision or you can make the decision yourself. Now, Tony, how long have you worked for this company? 18 years. 18 years. Uh, non-union? Non-union, yeah. Okay. And, uh, Tony, how, how old are you and what kind of a job uh, were you doing? 15 hours in sales. Okay, you probably are a classic month-per-year person. So you probably are owed about 18 months pay. So that's what severance for you would look like, and you do not have to wait. So the decision Can is I yours. Ask if, you, uh, I, yeah, I go ahead. Told, uh, just, just looking into this matter before, uh, you know, actually hiring an employment lawyer, what is the, the significance of the date of January 3rd? That's something that had to do with the government that... Yeah. So the government is saying to, through employers that you, you you can have employees on what's called a, a, an infectious disease leave, on a, on a leave of absence until January 2nd. And after that, if you don't bring them back, you can put them on a layoff for another eight months. So that's why the September 2021 date comes up. But that's only if you choose to let the company make the decision. So if you choose to let the company make the decision, they have until... Uh, September next year, so until January plus another eight months. But that's only if you you choose to let them make the decision, or you can make the decision yourself. Okay, and what happens if you ask for your severance? Let's say you, I wait till January, and then I or now, or if I decide now, and I ask for my severance, and they say, "Well, come back to work." Are they allowed to do that? They can do that, but keep in mind, you've already been off work, uh, I don't know, seven months or eight months, whatever yeah. that is. Right, uh, right. So, so they would have to pay for those months you've been off. Oh, okay. Right? So, right. I mean, if, if they offer you the same job with the same pay and they pay you for the months you've been off, then yeah. But they can't just say, well, we're not going to pay anything and come back to work. It doesn't work that way, right? So oh, okay. you don't have to wait till January. You don't have to wait till next September. You can, obviously, it's your right, or you can choose to get severance right now. Okay, thank you so much for your help. Appreciate it. Thanks, Tony. Tony, appreciate the call. See, that's why you do that. He had no idea. Now he's completely cleared up. So, Tony, you want to uh, want to go forth and make a decision, or have a have a, a lengthier chat with Lior and make the decision. You could do that as well. No problem. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred would be the way. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. So it comes till next September. Say we use Tony as an example. Tony says, "Okay." September rolls around. The company says, "Oh, I know. Uh, we we've reached our limit for layoff." But it turns out that COVID really kicked the crap out of us. We don't have a job for you now, so off you go. Is his severance dated back right until he was let go or from that time or his entire service? How does it work? So the time that he spent on uh, on the left counts towards the service. Mm-hmm. So by then, if he waits till September of 2021, he would have been on the layoff for, let's call it a year and a half. 
So that year and a half does count towards his service. And and that's fine. And they have to account for it. But whether you're an 18-year guy or a 19-year guy, it's not really going to impact your severance th- that much, or I- if at all. So I don't see a reason, unless he, his main goal is to go back to work. He wants no matter what to go back to work, then, yeah, he waits. Right. If that's not the goal, to wait another year just to get severance then when you can get severance now, it really doesn't make much sense. Better get severance now, get another job, and not worry about it. Plus, if he goes back in September after that layoff and says, okay, I'm back at work, well, now they can lay him off again. Now he can't pull the plug on them, right? So here's your present for waiting for a year and a half. You come <sighs> back to work. Great. I waited a year and a half for this. Thank God I'm back to work. Well, wait a second. Two months later, three months later, they lay you off again. And you can't do anything about it at that point because you let it happen the first time. <sighs> that doesn't sound very appetizing to me. That's why I'm serious when I say you really have to think about treating it as a termination now and avoiding that whole situation. And that's where we're going to leave it for tonight. We'll join you again on the weekend. Be sure to go to uh, employmentlawyer.ca to find a link to our TV show on Global New, uh, Global TV and CTV as well. And you want to reach out, one 821 5900 the number we push, along with help at employmentlawyer.ca. And for any other matters to read up on your own and get some knowledge, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Don't move a muscle or go anywhere. On Point is coming right back with Alex Pearson. It's here on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.